listening to From the Friars, the podcast of the community of Franciscan Friars of the Renewal, headquartered in the Bronx, New York. It is Father Luke, and I am here with Brother Angelus. Today's October 31st, which is All Hallows' Eve. The, it's the anniversary of the Reformation, but I know I wasn't supposed to say that. Okay, we're not going to talk about that. What are we going to be talking but about? Father Luke, just let's let's get to the most important part of this day. It is the first, well, first feast. Tell it me. is the feast of St. Angelus of Acre. Yeah, first time for, because he was just canonized a saint. If you, if you follow these podcasts, you know we did an interview. So he is newly minted as a saint in the Catholic Church. Today, October 31st, is his feast day. So St. Angelus of Acre. Saint, that's have a nice ring to it. Great for us. <laughs> Gregor Pernoy, he was Italian, right? Yeah. So, um, so anyways, Deacon Brother Angelus here was able, by God's providence, to go over to Rome and Italy to be a part of the uh, canonization mass. Tell me a little bit about uh, what that was like in you know Italy and anywhere else you might have gone. You know, Father, it was a wild, wild time. We were there for four or five days. And another brother and I arrived in Rome, and we're so we experienced God's goodness from the very beginning. We we stayed at the North American College. Now wait, there are going to be pictures with this podcast. So who is the other brother? Brother Seamus, brother Seamus, who is a classmate of mine. We joined together and a, and a dear friend. We um, traveled on pilgrimage together to Rome. And uh, as I was saying, we experienced the goodness of the seminarians at the North American College. We stayed with them, which was beautiful, five minutes away from St. Peter's Square. Also known as the NAC. Uh, the NAC, for all quick, you. Quickly, what is, the, what is the North American College in Rome? It's the American, the seminary where well, most of the American students go or, or stay in Rome. Cardinal Dolan used to be the, the director there. Um, yeah. So a lot of good friends there, a lot of good connections there. Um, friends of mine from Nebraska, from Lincoln, seminarians. The goodness of the bishop there and the connections there so i'm really grateful to those guys but we had literally listen we had two days in rome so we hit the hit hit the major basilicas a lot of a lot of the beautiful spots in rome obviously we spent a lot of time st peter's square and uh, the vatican museum we did one morning wow which is kind of a wild wild experience as well a lot of people there rome's a huge city um so the treat was that on saturday we took the train to assisi that's what I'm talking about. Let's, <laughs> let's get to the juicy part. I mean, for a Franciscan friar to have the privilege of visiting Assisi, that little town where St. Francis was from and where he's still buried, uh, what a gift for, you know, your vocation. Um, so what, what did you see when you were there? You know, we, I mean, I've never been there. I mostly remember from the previous podcast that Father Luke posted a picture of me praying the tomb of St. Francis. Uh, that was obviously a special, special moment to pray for the community, pray for... Uh, my own vocation and, and just to be in the place where St. Francis, uh, you know, radically lived his vocation as a, as a Franciscan and um, so many people he influenced and impacted and affected and um, it was just incredible. We had, uh, off, off through gracious hospitality, we had uh, lunch at the Sacro Convento with other Franciscans around the world. The Conventual, for those of you who don't know, the Sacro Convento is the friary there and so that was just a pretty awesome experience. And then we hit the town. Now, at the Sacro Convento, did you see anything special there? We got a special little tour where we prayed for Father Luke at the, the room where um, St. Joseph of Cupertino was kind of, what would you for that? We don't know. Like, <laughs> he wasn't in jail. <laughs> he wasn't in jail. He wasn't but really allowed to The leave. friars yeah. really kind of put him in a spot and kept him out of the way. And he had a little private chapel there, which we prayed in. 
and a little little room that he was basically kept captive. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. My patron saint. So we prayed for Father Luke, and um, but we hit, you know, the um, the convent of Saint Clair, and that which is a big big basilica. Now we prayed at her her um, tomb, which was which was beautiful. In her tomb, here in that church, is where the the cross of San Damiano is, which everybody knows is the cross that spoke uh, to Saint Francis. Wow! Which was really powerful to spend some time and get get some prayer time in front of the actual cross that um, our Lord spoke to Saint Francis and said, "Francis, you know, rebuild my church," which was just awesome. And uh, wow. before and after all these things, we might have settled for um, some gelato and some cappuccino. But the can details I, of that, can don't, I, I don't uh, really matter. Can I translate that for American audience? That would be ice cream and coffee, which in Italy is amazing. So, and it's also mandatory, by the way. So good. I'm glad to hear you did that. So. One of the other things was the, um, the, the church is on Damiano, which is down the hill on a little pilgrimage away. But um, that was a beautiful spot to where a lot of the early uh, Franciscan events happened. And so to, to pray in that and to go through that um, was just a really beautiful, really beautiful experience. And we did we did a CC in a day, which typically people do over a long period of time. So we yeah. we hit it because we knew we were going to be there very long. But just powerful graces, a total renewal of of inspiration in the Franciscan life. To know this little man from Assisi had just an incredible influence on that city, but also the whole church. Wow, it's like over 800 years later, and uh, the life of St. Francis is still having a big impact on the world. It's amazing. Incredible. And um, we, the next day was the canonization. So that was Saturday, and the canonization was Sunday, which okay. um, which was the main event, which was thousands of people in St. Peter's Square. If I, my number is correct, I think like 29 people were canonized. Uh, one of the, the, the saints and his companions were canonized, which that increased the number. Wow. But uh, it's so the, the morning we arrived, um, we went, went, which was Thursday, we went into St. Peter's Square and they were getting ready for the canonization. And they had two banners up at that time, which banners is kind of the traditional um, proclamation of, of a saint. And so there he is. Uh, we walked in St. Peter's Square that morning and they just put up St. Angelus's banner. And it was which is cool. like a big picture of it. I think you'll, you guys will see a picture of this. But I think it was just cool to, to, yeah. to see. It's like, wow, this is, this, this is really happening. And, um, the mass we were within ten feet of the Pope um, as he as he as he drove through on his in his old Pope mobile at some point after mass. But the the liturgy was beautiful, uh, surrounded by you know Italians who and other people from other countries who were there supporting their people getting canonized. And it was just a beautiful experience of the Universal Church and to pray and to have the Holy Father comment on these people that he's raising up to be. Examples and witnesses of what the church needs at this point in time, and to know that little guy from Acre, little Franciscan priest, uh, was someone who, you know, on his little biography, which um, I read at the time, just a quick word, they said that St. Angelus really believed that love could conquer, be the solution to everything. And so they, they said he radically lived that love in the friary with the poor um, and in preaching and in the confessional. And so he was a witness of, of the kind of like a radical witness of love. Um, and so it was, that was a, the word that I really prayed and took away from, is trying to, to love like him, who tried to love like Francis, who loved like Christ. Wow, that's amazing. And I know with um, All Hallows' Eve being his feast day, 
Um, are you recommending that people dress like St. Angelus for Halloween? Yeah, but we f- prefer the color gray. Oh, no. Are you, this was such a nice podcast. Now you're trying to get all controversial. Um, why don't you say a little word about that? Like gray robes versus brown robes versus black robes for Franciscans. What's the scoop on that? Here's the thing. The Franciscan family is a big family. And there's different expressions of the life. And... Um, and so we have a gray habit. There's brown. I mean, Francis, uh, St. Angela, St. Francis, they were all in brown habits. But the expression in the United States in our reform, which was started by Father Benedict Rochelle in the 19, late 1980s, we wear gray. And so, but we're all part of the same family, doing the same. T- but gray is the best. No, just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> I'm just saying that because I'm getting older and my beard's turning gray. But no, St. Francis and those guys wore undyed wool. And the friars are always known as the gray friars. And then it was like a dirty gray, dirty brown, and it was switched to brown. So St. Angelus being a Capuchin would have actually wore brown, right? Yes, so. he would have wore brown. And it was a beautiful experience to be welcomed by, you know, the, the conventuals at the soccer convento and the CC and to realize mm-hmm. the beauty of the, and the, the fraternal bond of the Franciscans across the world. So it was wow. great to be welcomed by them and kind of all be in this together even though we wear different colors. Now, there is a question that all of our listeners are dying to ask you. Oh, really? So I'm going to oh, go ahead really? and ask Please. you. Um, so we know that Deacon Brother Angel is here as a deacon. He's going to be ordained a priest, God willing, in May. Now, he is a triplet, so his sister Katie is at home with the family. Beautiful, beautiful. And then his brother, who's a triplet brother, but sometimes they get called twins, is Father Innocent. He's ordained to the priesthood already with, the, with our community. So is he green with envy that you got to go or is he jealous or is he so father innocent also named after a capuchin who lived was a contemporary who lived in the in the, yeah. in the same time and he's just a blessed blessed innocent of Berceau. oh but and, you're named after a saint but i'm named after a saint so he's a little oh. jealous he didn't talk to me for a while and i just said you know not everybody can be publicly recognized by by this by oh. the church and you know only you know that's hilarious that's hilarious oh maybe someday the pope will just I mean, let's be honest, I think there's a lot of uh, Capuchin blessings out there. Yeah. Was there any, like, twin telepathy happening? Did Father Innocent experience the graces of the canonization mass? I hope so. I prayed for him a lot because he's, yeah. he's been to Rome and Assisi, but um, one day maybe we'll go together wow. and confuse everyone walking around Rome and Assisi as two guys in gray looking like each other. Wow. Uh, so there you have it, everyone. Uh, All Hallows' Eve, also the... First feast day of the newly minted St. Angela Sabacri. So um, God bless you. We'll be praying for you. Thank you for listening. Any uh, parting words of wisdom? The Lord wants us all to be saints. Hey, that's a great word. And uh, how do we get there? One step Step at at a time. time. (laughs) All right. God bless you, everyone. Take care. We hope you've enjoyed listening. Please visit us on our website, franciscanfriars.com, or follow us on social media, CFR underscore Franciscans. God bless you.